0: So ultimately for me, consciousness is the spiraling upward of our evolutionary capacity to relate with each other in the most profound and magical and powerful ways. So it's practical. It's not just, ooh, I'm meditating on a seed or I'm experiencing uh, spiritual states of awakening. To me, the warrior within us has to take those expansive awakenings that happen in consciousness and growth and then bring it down into real life make our families better, make our relationships better, make our gift and offering we have, make it even more articulate and clean and integral so that our consciousness is growing by uplifting the consciousness of the whole. Welcome to The Art of Humanity with Jessica Ann. Listen for fresh perspectives with artists, leaders, authors, and entrepreneurs. Explore creativity and consciousness. Evolve your business. With the art of humanity. Now, here's your host, Jessica Ann.
1: Hi, it's Jessica Ann, and here we are. It's January 31st, and this is episode 28 of season three. Today's episode is with the incredible Satyan Raja, who's truly unique in the world of business and life coaching. We'll get to his interview in a little bit, but first, I want to talk a bit more about where we are in the world and where we're heading. The first full moon of the year was on January 1st. Today's full moon is the second full moon of the month, and it's the blue moon. The lesson I'm learning this month is all about embodiment, to not just understand what I'm learning with my intellect, but to feel it with my body, my entire presence. We're shifting into the next paradigm of marketing and business, and I'm not just in my head or in the digital world with this idea or concept. I'm actively working to embody it through my human experience. I've gotten a lot clearer as to who I am and what I stand for. And what I found is that my work is not transactional. I am so tired of the sales funnel mentality. As I'm softening into this deep space, I'm finding the poetry and beauty in marketing because I don't want to be part of the hype. I want to be the help. If you're like me, you see marketing as an ever evolving expression of your business and identity. It's not something fixed or stagnant. You want to create content that not only builds relationships, but helps you to add even more meaning and context to what you're creating. You understand that the internet helps to evolve our human consciousness. The internet is not stagnant and neither is our personalities or identities. If this sounds like some science fiction meme out of the Matrix, you're right. Your reality depends on the pill you take. Do you want the red pill or the blue? You also understand that it's not only the color of our content that matters, it's the context behind the red or blue reality that you choose. The content that you create acts as a catalyst for cultural change, not only within your business, but for the collective of business as a whole. You thrive off the refreshing reminder that you are human, not a number in a sales funnel. You're tired of advertising agencies trying to make themselves relevant, You understand that we're moving towards an ad-free world and you don't want to be left behind. If this speaks to you, email me hello at jessicaannmedia.com with humanity in the subject line. You can learn more about my work in the world on my website at jessicaannmedia.com. And as always, you can leave a review on the iTunes store. So this right here is where the bridge to the next paradigm exists. It's in human content. It exists in a place beyond the memes, beyond the gif humor, beyond the satire, beyond the kitsch, beyond all of the emojis that we hide behind, beyond our masks. It's beyond the superficial stuff. And beyond the beyond is art, serendipity, fluidity, connectivity, flow. In this beyond, we co-create higher consciousness into our reality. We use human content as a path to our peak experience. When we create and consume quality content, we experience a peak in our day-to-day lives. It can only be created through content that's self-aware. Which brings me to my guest today. His name is Satyan Raja, and he's a living synthesis of Eastern wisdom and Western practicality, combining the power of the warrior and the wisdom of the sage. I always want to share with you what I'm learning and how I'm evolving And Satyan is someone you really need to know. Here's our interview. Welcome to the Art of Humanity, where we explore creativity and consciousness to allow you and your business to evolve. Today, I'm so thrilled to have with me Satyan Raja. Satyan is known as the private transformational mentor, advisor and confident to the powerful and influential. A remarkable living synthesis of Eastern wisdom and Western practicality, Satyan combines the power of the warrior and wisdom of the sage to inspire audiences and leaders worldwide to live their highest impact and personal fulfillment. Having invested 35 years of rigorous study and practice in both creating enlightened business growth and developing higher consciousness, he is the leading authority on expanding success while serving the greater good without sacrificing the joys of personal life. Satyan has impacted over 100,000 students from over 50 countries around the world. Satyan, thank you so much for joining me on the Art of Humanity.
0: Thanks so much for having me, Jessica. And um, yeah, it's been quite the journey that you just laid out there, so I'm happy to share about it.
1: So cool. So first of all, let's start with your name. It's so beautiful. Can you explain what Satyan Raja means? I believe it's Sanskrit. Is that correct?
0: It is. Um, I'm of Indian descent, Uh, although my accent is Canadian because I'm raised in Canada, but I have deep Indian roots, and the meaning of my name means truth. And um, it's been quite the interesting name because I didn't really even think about it until I was a teenager, until, hey, mom and dad, what does my name mean? And they shared it with me, and I dove into it, and I was like, wow, wow. I had to live up to this name <laughs> and and aim to live a life of truth, so that's been quite not only a name, it's been a spiritual practice and and intention that I've had for myself in my life.
1: That is a powerful name it's like you can't hide from yourself with that name. It's like there's no going back once you come out in the world with a name like the truth so how can you describe that um personal? upbringing, um, and when you first realize how spiritual that name truly is.
0: Well, I grew up in Canada. My parents, entrepreneurs, many generations of entrepreneurs. My whole Raja family are entrepreneurs. And my mother's side are all Gandhi family, Gandhians. And so I had this mixed upbringing where my father's side was entrepreneurial, and my father's side, or my mother's side, was all social workers, reformers, spiritual people. And usually these two camps don't mix, as you know, in you know, business and spirit, for many years until recently, right? So I grew up with these different influences. And then early on in my life, I was um, 12, I came across the TV show Kung Fu with David Carradine, and also inspired by Bruce Lee. And I dove right into martial arts and Kung Fu. And there I met very profound mentors who gave me the backbone and profound mentorship, I really feel to help me become the man I am today. They gave me a lot of love, acceptance, and they taught me what it means to be a man of integrity and a man of consciousness and to make service in the world. So it started when I was very young, the spiritual path. And from there, I went on to many other paths, studying with many other philosophers and brilliant teachers and wisdom keepers. Um, Because I, you know, Bruce Lee said, continue to learn, you know, continue to absorb what's useful discard what's not useful anymore and come up with new creations. I think that's been one of the main intentions of my life is to live that philosophy.
1: And you do it so well. You know, you live your truth and you not only do it for yourself, you do it for others. Um, I, I love how the world collides. It, it's so funny. It's just, It makes so much sense now why I've been so into like wanting to interview you. Personally, I've had this recurring dream. I don't have any tattoos at all. And I have a recurring dream where Henry David Thoreau is my tattoo artist and he's giving me a tattoo in the middle of a forest (laughs) and it says truth on it. It's recurring. (laughs) It's a recurring dream. I mean, interpret that as you wish, (laughs) but, uh, but I, I'm just fascinated by the concept of, um, you know, truth, it's, it's a beautiful name and truth is beautiful work and um, talk to me a little bit more about consciousness. It's this word that gets thrown around. My podcast is all about creativity and consciousness and what, how do you define that word? I know it's really kind of a, an abstract type of concept, so...
0: Well, let me try to give it some more legs and some more teeth, okay? When you're unconscious, you know, I do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, so if I get choked out or I choke out someone, they go unconscious, meaning there's no sense of self, there's no I, there's no relatability to the world around yourself, you're in a state of void, you're unconscious. Now consciousness for me is the state of awareness of oneself and awareness of one's relationships with others. And relationship with the cosmos, the universe. So, this is not a binary thing, unconsciousness and consciousness, rather than rather a scale in a continuous development, maturation, and evolution. So, I can grow and become even more awake. Hopefully, I'm more awake than I was 10 years ago. If we look at our lives, 10, 15 years ago, and we go, "Oh my goodness, what a person we were! We, did, we only knew so much." how how youthful, how ignorant we were to many aspects of life.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, hopefully, if we're growing in consciousness, meaning that we're relating with more people, we're understanding the dynamics of life, we're working on understanding the dynamics of love, the dynamics of freedom, the dynamics of power, all these particular dynamics, we grow our consciousness, which means we become more awake, more attuned, more sensitive, more aligned with the natural forces of the universe of this earth so ultimately for me consciousness is the spiraling upward of our evolutionary capacity to relate with each other in the most profound and magical and powerful ways so it's practical it's not just "Ooh, i'm meditating on a seed or i'm experiencing uh spiritual states of awakening to me the warrior within us has to take those sagely impressions, those expansive awakenings that happen in consciousness and growth, and then bring it down into real life, make our families better, make our relationships better because we're growing, make our, um, our, our gift, whatever gift and offering we have, make it even more articulate and clean and integral and, and value-based so that our consciousness is growing by uplifting the consciousness of the whole.
1: Yes, I love that because it's not focused on external influences. You mentioned it's based on natural forces. It's a spiraling upward in a magical way. It's not going up the materialistic staircase, so to speak. So I love that concept because it's so natural. It's simple. It's elegant. And there's this whole new paradigm that we need to create, and it comes down to just shedding Away of what we're taught is successful in today's society. And I was reading an article that you were recently featured in for Inc. magazine, and you say something similar to what you just explained. You said something beautiful. It says, Strength is not to be confused with force. And in business, we're taught to, I even hate saying this word, to hustle. We're taught to yes. crush it. And, you know, it's really not vibing with me and a lot of business owners out there today. So uh, can you describe what you mean by this um, you know, thought process? Strength is not to be confused with force through the context of business.
0: You know, this, this modern concept, it's not modern, it's old. It's old as you can imagine. There's, we're using new terms for it. So hustle, which means keep getting up. The early bird gets the worm, get up and go get it push, 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 make it happen, make the contact, don't rest, drive yourself, do whatever the hell it takes to make it happen. So that's hustle. That also goes along with the idea of crushing it. I crushed it, I, I, which means you're pushing it, you're making it happen, you're achieving strong success, and and your will is fully active. You're putting your willpower fully into it. The end result of crushing it the or the penultimate result of crushing it the penultimate result of hustling it, or pe- or all of this, another term for it is called peak performance, right? In my, in my experience in my own life, seeing how I attained the heights of you know, success in some of my businesses, multi-million dollar businesses, I was crushing it and hustling it there. But you know what I didn't realize? I did realize, but I was being a jerk about it. I was not putting the same attention onto my family. I was superstar, rock star in one area of my life and my own wife didn't even, I was losing my wife, I was losing my children, because I was focused on peak performance, and every time you're focused only on one dimension of life, the money, the financial success, the business success, there's an unconscious, there's a universal backlash, um, universal balancing force. You take a pendulum and you push it one way, when you let go, it has to fall back the other way, right? So if I'm excessively pushing in one area, you look at the guys, there's a famous guy out there who's talking about crushing it all the time. Look at his face. It's pale. He looks like he's got no life force in his body. He looks like he's constantly shouting and pushing. There's a deeper level, which I call peak. Instead of peak performance, I aim to aspire to peak consciousness, which Mm. for me is finding equilibrium and creating equilibrium in life. An equilibrium is a physical equilibrium, a mental equilibrium, an emotional equilibrium, and a spiritual equilibrium with the aspects of our life. And I am so glad I recognized this early without losing and ending up in a divorce like many of my success-oriented friends did or alienating their children because they put so much attention on their business that their families floundered or their health or their inner well-being. So. Crushing it, pushing it, peak performance will eventually end up in you crushing yourself because the world is a mirror reality. The pushing from the inside will eventually end up as a pushing on the outside. Even if you do have short-term gains, short-term successes, eventually, I promise you, you'll lose it because you push too hard. That's the part that most people don't talk about. That's the part that success-oriented folks who are new at success, or new in motivation, they haven't realized because they haven't lived enough life. But if you lived enough life, you realize will and force needs to be balanced with surrender, self-appreciation, and opening up to the realms of wisdom, love, and flow in life, as well as forwarding action.
1: Yes. That is so simple and so clear. And it's clear that you've done the work to get, you know, to be able to educate other people on how to access this. Uh, You said something uh, earlier. You said the world is a mirror reality. And I'm curious, was there a defining moment in your career that made you realize that it's not about striving and hustling? Was there a personal experience that happened in your life or business that really awakened you to this ease and this? change in your body and just how you interpret the world?
0: Well, yeah, it was burnout. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was physiological, mental, emotional, spiritual burnout came the heights of success in the human potential company I created giving many, many, you know, like hundreds of seminars, being on the road, um, you know, being a rock star, being put to the pedestal and, and being seen as someone special and all of that. and. And basically, I bought my own PR, <laughs> you will, know, being, being frank here, I bought my own PR. And okay. then what happened was a few years ago, um, I was at a retreat that I was giving. It was a couples retreat that I was giving with my wife, Suzanne. And during that couples retreat, this was in Hawaii, There was um, at the midpoint, we went swimming in the ocean, and I did some silly, stupid, macho, idiot stuff, and I went out into this area, which I shouldn't have gone. And I almost drowned and long story short that drowning got me to places of, of emotional sobriety I saw my wife's face when I came out of the water by a miracle I was pushed out of the water by a miracle mm-hmm. and I got really sober at a soul level I realized oh my god what do I really value what do I, what's really valuable for me it was beyond words it was a feeling in my gut and I had recognized that I had built not all of my life, but some of my life around validation, trying to show my mom and dad that I'm successful doing what I want to do. I was still trying to please. I was still trying to live up to the ideal of what it means to be a man, taking care of his family, being a um, um, a hardworking man who kills himself for everyone because that's what men do. I came to all these sobering realities, and I, and I realized that's what – Brought me to this point, and I'm so grateful that Mother Gaia, Grace, the Mother Ocean, pushed me back out and helped me reset my life. And from then, I sat with my wife and I go, "What's really important to us, love?" And then I came across a mentor, one of my coaches. I really believe in the value of mentorship and coaching. And his name is Kevin Nations, very brilliant um, guide who helps people um, who are in businesses and I and. His philosophy was, hey, he calls it the Fs, faith, family, finance, and fitness. And he says, bring these into balance. Focus on faith. Focus on family. Focus on your finances. Focus on your fitness. When you focus on all of them, not just one area, then you'll have an extraordinary life. And I took that on, and it was I have to tell you, I I mean, I had to go through all my emotional stuff about the fear that if I put more attention on um, family and my health and my hobbies and took it away from business, that my business would falter. That was the fear I faced. The truth is it didn't. The opposite happened paradoxically. I actually started getting more and more and more of what my soul really wanted because I was willing to honor, value, and be loyal to my soul. Not be loyal to the outside idea of success, but be loyal to my soul's fulfillment. That now is my primary motive in life because my soul's fulfillment takes care of everything. I trust it that much.
1: Mm. I love that story, that journey that you went on. Um, and I, I want to go back to something that you mentioned right before you had that breakdown, um, right before you were in the water. Um, you, you just told that interesting story. You mentioned that you bought your own PR and then, you know, that kind of led you down this like emotional, psychological path of realizing that external credibility and validation isn't outside of you. And in the world of media and marketing today, we still are in this type of world where if you get mainstream media to cover you or, you know, these publications to talk about you, it's kind of seen as a check mark how do you go kind of, how do you shift the paradigm of business when a lot of people, yes, we still believe that mainstream, that may still believe that mainstream media has credibility, but we're shifting in our consciousness and in our communications and how we report the news and in how we find our truth, not just our personal truth, but the truth of life. So how do you, interpret, you know, this new paradigm shift of marketing and media, and how does that intersect with the up-leveling in consciousness?
0: This is a really great question you asked, <laughs> and here's what I've experienced, okay, in my life,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and in, in those I help and coach and guide, all right? Some very brilliant people I have the pleasure to coach and guide and support in their missions and purpose and their personal lives, and What I've come to realize is there's this, and this is very counterintuitive to the Western way, this is much more Zen, much much more of a Taoist approach, Zen and Taoist type of approach, and in Taoism, it's okay to be at the end of the line, not at the front of the line. It's okay not to push and be seen as, hey, I'm at the top of the stage, or I'm at the top of my game. It's okay to be seen as a fool, as someone who knows nothing, and Paradoxically, the willingness to let go of, and here's the key, the willingness to lower one's own self-importance and to go deeper and deeper into silent power rather than gregarious yelling, barking, spitting, wow, look at me, power. Look at what have I attained, power. When you go online, you see so many marketing methods and tools which show the lifestyle of the so-called supposedly rich. But when you look at them, much of it, 99% of it is a facade. It's someone else's boat, someone else's cruise, someone else's home, or they had it for a few weeks and then they lost it because they overpurchased, they spent way outside of their limit because they were looking to continuously build up their own personal self-importance. Media is built upon building your self-importance, credibility. Our marketing is built upon building our self-importance, our sellability. But that is not sustainable. I guarantee you, sooner or later, it will shoot you in the foot or backfire. Because the truth is, self-importance pulls away from our cosmic connection, our universal connection. We put ourselves higher than what we actually are. We're not on any order or rung. We're part of a symbiotic, profound, magnanimous process of life of which we are part of, not superior than any other species or superior than any other thing. We actually are just an aspect a microcosm of the macrocosm. So practically, what can we do in a real life example? For me, I aim to lower my self-importance and deepen my silent power. When Mm. you know that you're gaining success and power, you know you're moving towards a goal and a purpose and a mission. Rather than blare it out, pronounce it, share about it, do the opposite. When everyone else is buying, you sell. Go into a place, when everyone is selling, you buy. Go into a place of silent power, honing your own skill, putting aside your faults and weaknesses. Don't harbor on those putting your attention on what you're really good at, what your soul and your mind really wants to bring forth into the, into the world. That's the key, silent power, lowering the importance of yourself, and then looking at what do I find important in the world? Oh, that Lamborghini or that new house, is it really that important? It may be, it may not be, but if take a look and see where am I ascribing far too many units of importance to, when you can lower and reduce the, the units of importance that you project onto life, onto reality, onto goals, the paradoxical effect, the Taoist effect is, is that it starts coming towards you rather than you pushing yourself towards it.
1: Oh, I love it it I just it's so important yet it kind of triggers me to be honest it's uh you know the silent power it i I feel so much and i and i I get what you're saying uh you know I think I, I was listening to another podcast that you did and and you mentioned that you should stop telling people your affirmations and your goals, and I get it because because it promotes the idea that you're self important and everyone needs to know what you're doing. And you said that no one needs to know what you're up to. It kind of stings when you hear this, especially today in the world where you're broadcasting every moment to the world. Um, <laughs> especially, and for me, I am an introvert. I And I love the web because I'm able to really come out of my shell and express myself in a way that was never possible before. Yeah. So. Is there a shift happening online where, you know, we can still be in our quiet power but still make progress? Or is there always this ongoing juxtaposition happening between silent power and getting out there and self-importance in the world?
0: Okay. So let me give an example. You look at a guy like Richard Branson, he's very much in the media. You look at a guy like Elon Musk, very much in the media. But they're not blowing their own horn. Hmm. They're not saying how big and they're not braggadocious about themselves. In fact, they're quite, Branson is very chill, very relaxed. He seems to be at least, I've never met him, but from his public disposition seems to be much more of a relaxed guy, lowering the importance on things, still staying focused and active, but emotionally lowering the importance. You can feel it in him. And it shows because it gives us, you know, if you've ever seen a a wisdom, person of wisdom, an older person, a grandmother, a grandfather, what we used to think is so important is not important to them. When my kids were young, you know, when they couldn't get a lollipop, that was important to them. They'd scream and yell and it was a big deal for them. We look at it as adults and go, "Ah, they just didn't get the lollipop. It's not a big deal. But to the kid, it's a big deal. There's huge importance that they have on it. But, from our vantage as a more mature person it's not so important now get the idea that all that we have right now that we see as important and valuable to present ourselves to show ourselves our goals, our virtues, our values. get the idea ten, twenty years from now you're going to look at yourself and go that wasn't so important <laughs> i was I was pushing things that I, I had I was crying over spilled. Ice cream and spill lollipops whereas I could have gone to the store and get another one We have that going on right now in our psyche and I feel as our job as business leaders as people who are interested in business and Consciousness is to look for these hunt them out with a warrior mindset with the clarity and the keen eye of a warrior Look out for where am I struggling? This is where you find out where you have too much importance Struggle is effort laced with negative emotion. Hmm. Struggle is effort that is laced with negative emotion. Wherever there's any struggle in our life, a struggle with an employee, a struggle with a teammate, a struggle with marketing, a struggle with our health, our partner, whatever, there is some area that we are ascribing and attributing too much importance to that if we relax that, we'll come to a saner place in our being. We'll come to a more open, spacious, jovial, sagely place from our being. A deeper smile emerges. We look more calmer. We're emanating something deeper than hustle and crush it. We're emanating someone who is already free. Not who will be free once they've attained the goal. We're emanating someone who already has love in their heart rather than someone who will have love when they have the right partner. The expression of the love and the freedom we already have is the way to lower the importance and exude a whole new type of attraction field. When we exude our freedom and love that we all – look, you and I have the freedom to be on a podcast today. Billions of people on the planet don't have that freedom. That makes us one of the few in the history of the planet. To even listen to this podcast means you have freedom that very few beings – have ever had in, in on this planet.
1: Don't pump up for self-importance too much.
0: <laughs> right? <laughs> Just recognize we are this. Exude the love and freedom we have. Pour that into our businesses, into our services, and then speak from your truth. That's it. Nothing else needs to be added. And then your power will magnify, your reach will magnify, and people will listen to you because you're coming from truth. Rather than from forcing
1: so you're saying it's okay to speak your truth and obviously to uh, to you know just share your truth with the world but do it in a way that isn't boasting and isn't bragging
0: that that's filled with contact inspiration filled with humanity
1: yeah and I can see that from a mile away um, you know it's it's little. There's little fragments left over from this previous paradigm where we were just always taught to wear the pink, pink pretty bow and to always be the perfect dolled up picture. But as you were saying earlier about the struggle line, it's it's really not about the struggle. It's about easing into who you naturally are and then expressing yourself from there. So in another interview that you did, uh, I think it was for CEO Entrepreneur, You mentioned that many business owners only use the power of their mind, and the mind is very valuable for metaphysically oriented entrepreneurs. I've heard of creative entrepreneur, and I've heard of multi-passionate entrepreneur, but it's the first time I've heard of a metaphysical entrepreneur. What makes someone a metaphysical entrepreneur?
0: Well, there's some of us, not all of us, but there's some of us And, you know, you shared this at the beginning when we were chatting, who are are interested in your podcast. There's some of us who have a desire for success in entrepreneurship. It's in our blood. It's in our passion, right? Mm -hmm. And at the same time, we also have a deep interest in the metaphysics of life. For me, metaphysics means knowing the and understanding and aiming to search and discover and be aligned with the underlying dynamics that create reality the underlying um, universal laws that are generating reality, okay? So the thing is, is when you understand and you dive deep into the metaphysical laws of reality, then, of course, your business is going to boom because businesses will grow based on those particular dynamics. But you cannot remove... Metaphysics from anything, it's part of how everything is done. In fact, it's the core of our essence. We are, I believe, a metaphysical being, a spiritual, divine being outside of time and space that has the ability to choose and generate and create lifestyles of our choice and enter realities of our choice. Mm -hmm. It's a journey to build yourself up to that level of clarity, that level of ease, where you're able to enter. And move into realities of your choice. But that journey is a heroic journey and it's worth cultivating for sure.
1: Absolutely. And I love that you said it's outside of time and space. Oh, I, I can feel that on a body level. It's like it's it's this subtle it's a subtle nuance that's underlying the entire whole of our planet right now. And once you start going down that rabbit hole, it's this whole world that opens up and life becomes fun and filled with ease. And, and one of the um, big transformative shifts that helped me, there are so many um, shifts and ways of seeing things that have helped me, was uh, through the human design. I'm curious, and you don't have to give away any of your trade secrets. I'm entirely curious if you've explored human design and if you build that into your work or your practice. And, um, you know, I, I'm not sure if my listeners have heard of human design, but it's Four ways. There are four different energy archetypes in the world. And once you determine your birth date and the time that you were born, it really gives you a strategy for how to go about, move move through the world. So is human design any part of your business?
0: If you permit me to share a little counter outside of the box type of thinking, okay? Sure. Um, I've heard of that human design system, and I've only heard great things about it from many people, uh, but I'm not uh, familiar with it myself. I've heard, you know, there are many typography or typological type systems. Uh, the ancient ones being astrology, you know, the Western and Eastern astrology. I actually have a, a friend and a master named Jeffrey Armstrong who's a brilliant Vedic astrologer. And quite frankly, where I met with this, me personally, is I have let go of typing systems. Because there's so many of them. Chinese system, I'm I'm this person. If I'm in the Western astrological system, this is my coordination of being. If I'm in this particular system, I'm that way. If I'm in the Tibetan system, I'm this way. If I'm in the the psychological typing system, am I I Myers-Briggs type? There's endless typography systems or classification systems years ago I investigated but I found I was starting getting crazy and then I did something funny with one of my students okay years ago I I when I was uh, you know I started as a shiatsu therapist acupuncturist when I was 17 I got into that uh, very deeply and became a therapist and years later I was teaching one of my shiatsu students and they were brand new and green and I and I changed all the meridians in a in a I played a trick on her. I took uh, pages and I changed the meridian name. So what was the stomach? I now call the lung. I just randomized it. And I said, okay, I want you to give these sessions over the next two weeks. This is this meridian. This is this meridian. I just randomized it, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And lo and behold, so although she was working on the stomach meridian energy, she thought it was lung energy, right? The person that she was working on, their lung energy would improve.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. Placebo effects.
0: We can call it placebo in a derogatory or meaning that it's not so powerful. To me, it's the power of love and intention. Mm -hmm. So rather than for me, I don't really dive into typographies. It's very simple. Who am I? I am me. I'm this eternal divine self. I have this capacity to choose. To me, that's the core I go to. And then I look at what is my soul and mind want to create? In many spiritual systems, it's about avoiding the mind. The mind is wrong. The mind is negative. The mind is ego. In my philosophy, the mind is just another organ, like our liver, our spleen, our (laughs) our intestines. It's just another organ of functionality. Why would I want to derail my ego? That's like saying I want to derail my liver or my – so rather than do anything with it, how about learning to have it work in synchronous – flow with everything so for me the essence is the soul the soul is our if you will our eternal center our eternal soul and heart center it's a barometer a transmitter it's a navigation system you know like we have GPS the soul has a navigation system and its navigation is nonverbal it's it, it has feelings of comfort and relaxation and knowingness that i'm on the path and then there's also feelings of contracture and i'm not on the path and something's off I feel as entrepreneurs as spiritual beings as those interested in consciousness when we can cultivate lessening the noise you know those bose um, there's other companies too but noise reduction headphones that we have to put a noise reduction thing on our uh, over our soul there's so much bombardment of noise, right? You're, you can't hear the comfort or discomfort. Mm-hmm. If we take the time to just release ourselves from the noise. Listen to our belly, our solar plexus. There's a deep signal of comfort or discomfort.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And when we get dialed into the nuances of that and use that as our navigation system, when the soul says yes and the mind says no, we don't go for it. Mm -hmm. When the mind says yes and the the soul says no, we don't move forward. Only when the soul and the mind come together and it feels right on both navigation systems do I make my actions and make my plans and move forward. That to me is the biggest ROI that I've ever done in business and spirituality, is listen and, and be loyal, not just listen, be loyal to the signals of the soul and mind unity.
1: Yes, absolutely. So when you're explaining that you don't do any of these, you know, personality typing and, um, you know, focusing on these archetypes that tell you how to move your way through the world, I'm curious as to um, why you, I'm a part of one of your groups and I see that you do um, Zen tarot cards. So I'm curious, how is that any different using tarot cards? How is that different than using, you know, this uh, prototyping or, um, you know, personality type quizzes to determine how to move through the world?
0: (laughs) That's a great question. So I don't want to slot you into anything. Yet I can pull an insight from the universe just for the fun of it and not put too much importance on it, but just receive it as a gift from the universe. I see us as every astrological sign, personally. I see us as a divine being which has every sign within them. I see us as a divine being which has every typography system already within you. Meaning, you know, these predilections that come from any system, I believe we have the full spectrum all within all of us. And either some of those attributes are atrophied from non-use. They've never been cultivated at all because we've never been around the scene. Or some of them are exhausted from overuse, right? Mm -hmm. So that's my take on it. But I say if it works for you and you're getting inspiration and you're getting clarity, go for it. If your soul and mind says, hey, I want to use this methodology to help me dial in, that's great. For me, it's just – look, if I have to keep track of – look, how many things are there to keep track of? I would have to keep track of am I wearing – Because as you know, if you're wearing cotton or nylon or whatever changes your energy field, your blood sugar changes the energy. There's a 10,001 things that affect and influence you moment to moment, right? If you're keeping an eye on those 10,001 things that are constantly influencing you, you'll never have enough time just to live your life freely and just choose as you wish from you. That's what I'm getting at.
1: Got it. That makes a lot of sense. It's not boxing your personality or your the core of who you are into one box. You're not you're not getting prototyped in such a way that you can't be anything else. It opens us up to more liberation and freedom. And there's and then
0: we're not looking at ourselves as a limited person. Mm-hmm. We can see, hey, I want to cultivate all aspects of my being. If I'm an introvert, then let me cultivate some extrovert energy. If I'm an extrovert, let me cultivate and magnify and deepen my silence and my time to be alone and in solitude and enjoy that. Yeah, It's cultivating the spectrum is what I'm advocating rather than just saying, here, this is me and I'll stick to that, you know?
1: Absolutely. And many people listening to this, you might be like really stirring up some deep issues, because it's hard to wrap your mind around. It's like, wait, I thought I had to be this person throughout every interaction in my life. And here you are saying, like, no, screw the system. You can be anything you want in any given moment of time. So there's such a liberation that comes from that realization. And it's also scary. It's almost like you're free-falling when you don't have a framework to shape your narrative. So it really goes hand-in-hand with the concept of, you know, the short-term thrill versus long-time aliveness. It's like, how do we access who we are today and not see it as a thrill, but really incorporate who we're becoming into that long-term aliveness? And as a business owner, um, and as many of my listeners run businesses and are marketers, it's it's refreshing to hear that we don't have to stay who we are forever. And there's actually such a humility and a humbleness that comes from that type of lifestyle that you've incorporated with your partner and throughout every touch touch point in your business. Um, I don't really know your business too well, but um, if you could explain maybe a little bit more about that, you know, how you incorporate this into your process and how you're moving forward, um, I would love to hear it. And I'm sure my listeners would as well.
0: I'm partners and, and, and a guide and a contributor to many different businesses. I support you know entrepreneurs as a guide and advisor and and, and overviewer and I help them with their with their mental emotional dialing in to take them to a whole new levels of accomplishment. but all coming from this warrior sage philosophy for me, the warrior is the action taker the one who is grounded in integrity in truth and is willing to do what it takes to act. And the sage within us is the wisdom, the lightness, the joviality, the one who, who's smelling the roses, the one who's communing and loving life now, not just where we're going to be and the goals we're going to attain, but loving life now. So I aim to infuse that in myself, stoke that in myself, in my mentorship work with founder CEOs. it's It's really amazing because I see – These guys who have great brilliance and with some fine tuning and dialing in, their brilliance turns into a powerhouse. They're able to attain their goals in a non-linear way. The mind can only see attaining goals in a linear way when I do this, especially in marketing. X amount of this creates so many leads, creates so many conversions. Let's dial this up and this up and this up. That's fine and that's great and we need to do that, but then there's another deeper element and when we... The deeper element is the attraction of being. How can my being, how can your being, with whatever we have to offer, become so powerful that people want to come to you, that are knocking the doors down, crawling over the roof, (laughs) showing up at odd hours at your door to learn from you, to have what you have. The journey from the one who's trying to get to the one who's trying to give or aims to give Mm. That is the journey of the enlightened entrepreneur, the, the conscious entrepreneur, I feel. And just that altruistic intention kept bright, fostered and fueled daily is what will take us to a multidimensional new paradigm of success that includes finances, includes family life, includes fitness and health, includes fun you know, includes fucking, having sex, having, enjoying life, all of it, you know?
1: Fuck yeah. That's what it's all about. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I'm sure you'd be so helpful and inspirational to my listeners. Where can we go to find more about your work online?
0: You can find my work at warriorsage.com.
1: Great. I will make sure to put that in the show notes. Thank you so much for this amazing conversation, Satyan. I've learned so much. I really value your work in the world. Thanks for being here.
0: Your questions have been just awesome and your honesty and your realness and your vivaciousness. I really value you too and what you're up to. And everyone listening, all my kudos and, and good heart goes to you, okay? Thanks for listening to The Art of Humanity. Please follow us on Twitter at It's Jessica Ann. Join us next week with your host, Jessica Ann. Evolve your business with the art of humanity.